0: and welcome back to why though we are so pumped you are tuning in and i know y'all loving this series mm-hmm. how'd she do that we have had miss tabitha brown we have had theologian cat Armas. and now the one and only here we go buckle up because we're going on a trip to the target we're going with joe sexton <laughs> yes. people what what
2: <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> we're going on the a tr- people. Hello, we're going on a trip to Target. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. That's glorious. <laughs> Greetings, everybody. This is wonderful.
0: You know what is? You know what is the best thing about the Target is you don't even need to go with a plan.
2: No, you, you tell
0: you let Target tell you what yes. you need, mm-hmm. and then you just you do that. All yes. right, let me tell you about Joe, yes. people. You've already heard her beautiful, beautiful English accent. She is an author, speaker, podcast host, and leadership coach. She has dedicated her career to growing leadership teams around the world and empowering women. This one empowers women, yeah. women, individual and corporately, like no one else we know. She's yes. the real deal. She's been doing this for more than a minute, and we are honored to learn of her wit and her wisdom here at Why Though in our How'd She Do That series. So, Joe girl tell us something beyond the bio tell us something that we need to know well we know you uh, love the target
2: i do love the target that's a glorious <laughs> thing i also <laughs> do love 90s r&b <gasps> and r and B. I i feel that's appropriate um it is. and it i is. have i have two teenage girls um who are high schoolers now and i have a husband who is upstairs because we all work in the same house apparently that is our life now
1: it is yes our Just. life too joe <laughs> mm. But you know what? Some R&B <laughs> tunes
0: from the 90s will not hurt. They no, will not him. hurt.
1: No, and, and, a, and a Hilton Carter plant. From Target, will also yes. help Ooh. you get your life, ladies. Ooh, yes,
2: really. Did, I, did yes, anybody buy some? True. I bought. Two. I did. I bought. I've decided plants are, are who I am now. They Me are. Me too, Joe. I, I have up until I, I've got a new identity in the last year. Before the, before this, <laughs> I used to call myself the plant killer because uh, that's what happened. Yes. And, that, and then I don't know that what, when it happened, somewhere in the midst of pandemic craziness. I thought mm-hmm. plants, plants, indoor plants. And mm-hmm. also I couldn't work out how to de- decorate things inside the house. So I thought plants can do it. <laughs> and then I bought them and then I bought kind of, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. It's really
0: cool. Yeah, I, I love watched it. watched Ashley's evolution turning into a plant lady yes. and I'm just like, wow, she was ready to be back in California. She's got sunshine, her hair's brighter. Yes. She's got plants. I love it. I'm here. It's for it. wonderful. It's wonderful. You know good. what? I like admiring people who like plants because You guys, I'm literally staring at a fake plant from Target right
1: now. Yeah, I have a few fakes too. I mean, I think it's necessary Uh, to have a few fake ones. But yeah, same, the plants just saved my life during quarantine.
2: I don't know why, but they sure did. (laughs) They were good to talk to, they were good to hang out with, they were just good. Also, yes. let's be
0: real. They do make a space very zen. It's they very do. beautiful. They yeah. really brighten up. You're like, ooh, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel good looking at this plant. It's nice.
2: <laughs> and then you know
0: what? You know, there's some academic research on this for sure. The way plants affect your mood. I'm, I, I'm convinced. Look for the show notes, people. It'll be very <laughs> in the show notes. There <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, oh Joe, gosh. we, we have got to, we have got to dive into your life because you are the most fascinating human and all, yeah. you all know my love for all things English. Joe is the embodiment of all things English and she's a tea drinker, which Ashley, keep your thoughts to yourself. I will. So I will. A, Only because I'm
1: outnumbered here, but yes, yes you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is, uh, she's just, you're the embodiment of good things, Joe. Yeah. And so Aww, we really thank just you. would love to hear, um, a little bit more tell our listeners about how you made your way to the states and what it was like navigating uh just dreams and wanting to start this new life in the land of the free and the home of the brave and um and of course we'll fast forward to what you're doing now but give us the give us the early days of when it wasn't when it wasn't all roses and it wasn't all rainbows and not that it is now but where you thought how is this actually going to happen how, how is this actually going to play out in a way that gives me life in a way that excites me in a
2: way that sparks joy yeah oh gosh that's such a big question um well i i think the weird thing is i i think i've probably felt in some way called to the states since i was a teenager Mm -hmm. um and i i was i was in the states when i was 14 for six weeks for a musical that i was in um it's just really random but fun and and i and i don't know what was teenage girl what was lord at that point but um Knew that when I left, I would come back in some guy's form or another, and then in my, and I and it's weird. Even my friends would say, even if I'd never talked about it, my all my roommates would be like, "Yeah, you're going to end up living in the states." We don't know why, mm. but I, and I just had this yeah. sense that that's where the Lord wanted me to be as I was growing older. So I tried to date a few Americans, and that didn't work out very well. <laughs> but do you know what I mean, there are there are you know there are plans. I had plans, and I just thought this would seem a good way to kind of bounce in that direction. You know, just date one anyway anyway, (laughs) after that devastating failure Uh, (laughs) the situation not the person um after that i think i mean i was working for churches i worked as a i was a youth pastor then a college pastor and we planted Mm. congregations things like that Um, and I, and I think after a while I'd kind of thought, well, I can just go to the States on vacation. Do you know what I mean? It's not, Mm. (laughs) not all your dreams have to come true. Let's be honest. Not all your dreams have to come true. Not not all of them are going to come. It's not that big a deal. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Just get, get on a plane. Don't make a spiritual thing out of it. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Um, you know, um, and then um, I think I, probably by the end of my 20s, I got married at 29. So at the end of my 20s, I, um, I just got married and me and my husband was thinking of a kind of, let's just do something different. And a group from our church had begun to link up with another church in the States and, and basically did a church swap where some of the staff went to move. And we had, uh, you know- No I, way. yeah that's amazing that. Yeah, wow. and the, re- the reason why you haven't heard of it is because it was a catastrophic disaster. But, um, <laughs> because you know you know all the information you hear about america and england being two cultures divided by the same language it's true it's not right. the same language mm-hmm. it's not the same mm-hmm. world and yeah. we went from and and i mean all good people involved for the most part just a bit for of a sure. happy idea and so um and just a little an odd way of you know just just wasn't going to work so we moved to um phoenix in arizona which was very hot and Mm. um very different and and i think that in some ways if i sat i mean it's been nearly 17 years we moved Mm. 17 years ago i think we arrived in the states on june the 22nd 2004 or something and um if i i would have sat me down and said oh dear (laughs) You are in for a journey and there's a lot of learning. There's just a life, you will always be learning. Just be ready to always be learning. Um, Be ready to get to know a new world. And that doesn't mean you're not called. It's just that calling is not the embodiment of all your dreams coming true. Calling is calling. They're not the same thing. Right. Um, and so we worked we and again we were working with churches and some things went wonderfully well some things went terribly some things went wonderfully well and then and then went terribly because things were going well um <laughs> had no I, I didn't understand the world in which i was in um and and how to find my place particularly as a woman in the world that i was in yeah. uh, i there are certain things that i i probably just walked into blindly and not and kind of cluelessly not realizing some of the dynamics about women and leadership in certain contexts and and in terms of you know the word evangelical in the us and the uk were not the same right we're right. not the same at all um and so didn't have the same certain connotations or the same kind of history um right. re- related cousins but not the same yeah um And I'm, and the UK is very much a post-Christian culture, Mm -hmm. and so there are certain things that you've already decided, and certain things you're just not going to get crazy about. You just can't, you can't afford to, Um, not because you, 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 just because they're not the primary thing, and and so it was very, it was there was a lot of learning to work my way to understand certain things and to understand why people felt strongly about things, and I probably made a gazillion mistakes in the first couple of years just on that alone just on that alone um, and then we moved we lived in California for a while and then in Minnesota and in that time my husband was a pastor for a number of those years then went back into the corporate space and I started working with and um, well the, the church that we, we left um, this group of people had started an organization coming alongside churches doing discipleship and mission so it meant I got to travel the country a lot meeting all these different church leaders and finding myself as being the only woman in the room often the only black woman in the room often the only black person in the room Mm. um and it it was it was illuminating it was there was just so many illuminating things about that whole area you you know if you look back on the last 17 years of your life how do you describe yourself Mm. hey and and the highs and the lows so i had my kids in that time um discovered grief in ways i couldn't have fathomed during that time Mm. um discovered (laughs) discovered dysfunction In churches and ways I couldn't fathom at that time. And somehow, um, you know, by the grace of God, you come through without too much um, scarring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, you're still standing. Yeah. Can I pause? I want to pull out something you said that I'm, like, going to tattoo on my forehead backwards so when I look in the mirror it is read correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. calling is not the embodiment of all your dreams come true right. someone I need I know is jotting that down and like texting and driving when they shouldn't because they heard you say that and it just was a light bulb moment I think so many of us have this idea of calling as something so good and when we feel it we're going to feel good therefore yeah. it's not hard therefore yeah. it's with you know with ease and it's everything's mm-hmm. right versus calling is it was never described as easy but for sure glorious so I think that's just such a beautiful thing to remind us that calling isn't a particular job or or, and it doesn't look one particular way it can morph and transform throughout your life so thank you for pointing that out
2: i I think it's huge i think it's huge because the amount of disappointment i mean how many of us are not moving forward because of the disappointment of things not working out the way we expected (sighs) and actually when you look at i think we have disneyfied we have disneyfied calling we have yes we uh, well somewhere between disney and american idol Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That whole kind of thing of being discovered and Mm -hmm. it being shiny. And then you look at the Council of Scripture and it's like, you know, for such a time as this was actually not a print on a wall. It was in the face of genocide. Do you know what I mean? It it was not... You know, Here Am I Send Me was in the face of this devastating turmoil right. in a culture and in a community. And I'm not right. saying we shouldn't put it as a print on a wall. I'm not saying that at all. But I am, but I do think it's important for us to look at what calling means because yeah. how we step out in that will determine the next few years of our mm-hmm. lives. And it's a yeah. it's a real shame. And 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 other and we may give up on dreams or we may let go of things because it got hard. Um And because it became a struggle or we may feel entitled to certain responses um, because we feel called and we expect to get discovered and then wait. on. I mean, and I think this is, to be honest, this is my, this is, there are soapboxes I stand on and the one about women waiting in the wings rather than stepping in to their calling is probably my biggest soapbox I like to set fire to from time to time. Because I think we wait to be chosen. We wait to be discovered rather than... We wait for permission rather than actually stepping into what God invited us into, which is the renewal of all things.
1: So good, Joe. And I appreciate this conversation, too. It's that's a hill I'll die on, too, because I really do think. You know, the juxtaposition of that is that sometimes that's how it's taught in Christianity, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, the goal of Christianity is security and to have the right husband and to have the right job. And and that means that you have arrived at this place with God instead of like, in this world, you will have trouble, but never fear, take heart, I have overcome the world. It's like, (laughs) we're always so surprised that bad things happen to us or that we don't get everything we want and in reality that is part of life and yeah. if we got everything that we wanted why would we have need of god or each other so i just feel like totally. this is so important for us to talk about consistently so that people can stop living in perpetual disappointment because that yeah. is a very bad place to be <laughs> it, is it is not it, a blessing it, to live there
2: <laughs> it's demoralizing and and it yes. becomes and calling actually isn't just about us Right. You know I mean, it's, it's it's just not it's not all about. I mean, it's not that we're not loved and we're not devoted to or yeah. that by, by the Lord. It's just it's not all about us. That's
0: right. Mm, so good, so good, so necessary to remind ourselves of. I think especially when the emotions run high mm-hmm. and yeah. we're feeling so uh, deserving of our <laughs> disappointment. Like, hey, no, but I deserve this, or mm-hmm. I de- We're just set up for such a failure. We really mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And, There can definitely be a level of idolatry there. Um, One of the the first messages, I I have a women's Bible study that we have been going through a lot of working through idolatry. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest idolatrous things, especially women in their mid-30s to mid-40s, is security and what we think we deserve. So it really is something that we have to punch through, especially if we were taught that you only get to be promoted after you've done X, Y, and Z for somebody else and you've served them and then you might have your moment. So I think that there's so much we have to examine with that. So I think also you bringing this English bent to it and bringing like, Hey, I didn't, you weren't baked into this, you know, throughout your youth, but coming with that English mindset. And like you said, that post-church perspective probably was so valuable when you were watching how the evangelical machine works and how it spits out women.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I realized... I mean, I think there are certain things that you aspire to, because on one level, everything looks so big and glorious, but then you have Mm. to ask yourself what you're being seduced by, in any context, in any context. Are you seduced by fame? Are you seduced by power? Are you seduced by money? Um, And and that's not just true of the church. That's just life. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's just life. Um, But I think it... I, I, I mean, you know, every culture has its blind spots. Every culture has it, and so I had the advantage of coming to an into a space and, and saying, "Well, because I'm looking from this angle, these are the things I see." Now, do I see them as clearly in the in the world from which I hail? Probably not, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it. I, I think it it did become clear in terms of women being chewed up and spat out. Huge. Oh my gosh. So, mm. so often. I'm, I'm surprised at the conversations I still have. And I know, and I'm not, I am aware that there is a theological continuum that people are right. dealing right. with. And, and that it's not just men on that theological continuum. I wouldn't expect it to be. I wouldn't right. expect it to be. Right. But I'm amazed at what we have absorbed and what we have embodied and internalized um, in the name of calling or trying to do the right thing or in the name of faith which is like no actually that's not faith that's abuse Mm -hmm. that's not faith that's dysfunction Mm -hmm. um actually someone's using you or Mm -hmm. and and i think when we when we the things that people have tolerated in the name of doing it for the kingdom which are actually about power um and that and it's like is that true or is that true and is this contextual and is in it And even in it being contextual, is it healthy? Um, You know, is it Jesus or is it something else? I think it's just, and again, that's just a good question to ask anyway. It is. I feel like that's
1: one of the things i really love about you joe is that i feel like you don't take things as they as they seem you seem to really press past and ask deep questions and really connect people's identity calling their purpose their passions into what's appropriate for them and i really appreciate that about you i like that you ask all those deeper questions that you inspire the women that you lead to ask those deeper questions because i think it can be easy to get caught up In what you've heard other people say is the right thing, or what you've been taught is the right thing, but we are responsible for ourselves at the end of the day. Like the Mm -hmm. only one standing with me when I meet Jesus is me, you know. Mm -hmm. So we all have to thoughtfully examine our lives. And one of the reasons I'm so glad that you're here is I really do think that you know you are the best champion of women that I know. Thank you. You you. know you are such an encourager. I mean, you guys, Joe, is the person that will get in your DMs and give you a strong encouragement, (laughs) ask a great question. Make you laugh like you are a wonderful person and so accessible i mean how did you in all the context of what tiffany's just asked about all your incredible leadership like coming across the pond you know being Mm -hmm. here all the things that you've experienced and seen how have you managed to have such integrity and to keep yourself so accessible like when i think of you i'm like oh i respect you so deeply you have you clearly have relational clout and so much of a you know a resource network But you're accessible, you're not like, you don't come across as big time, like no one can touch you. How did you do that? (laughs) I think that's really important in leadership. (laughs) That's important.
2: Um I think some things are, are and I I mean first of all thank you that's very kind of you that's very it's very gracious true. of you
1: it's really true
2: um I think some things are, I I grew up, I grew up in inner city London in inner city London and I was very mindful growing up that I was not necessarily the smartest and that the kids in my in my neighborhood we were not the smartest but nor were we not the smartest Brown. um um we were not the um but I tell you what we weren't, we weren't. We didn't have the most access and we weren't in environments that encouraged us. And so yeah. how would anybody, re- our potential was defined on us before we ever had a chance to be, mm. you know, because of our skin color, because of the countries from which we held massive immigrant community of mo- uh, um, many nations. Mm. And because we were poor, Because and, and I think the issues of class are way more pronounced in England than they are yeah. in the States. Yeah. Because we were poor, because we were working class or lower, um, it was already our, apparently our intelligence was determined, our potential was determined, our worth and value was determined, and there I was watching people write me off because of the road on which I lived on, or this the council estate that I grew up on, and people didn't know what I could do or be. It, um, and and I think it, when I look back, I realise much of my passion in leadership is about people having access. And being in environments where they can thrive because yeah. that has far more, that is a far more greater determinant rather than all the other stuff that yeah. is just projected on somebody because of yeah. where they're from and all of these things. And so I think that has been often my heartbeat in leadership. How can we know what they can do if they're not in an environment where they can thrive? Mm-hmm. How can right. they know right. what they can do if they don't have access? And I yeah. think in. All these environments, when I stepped into these rooms where I was the only woman or the only or the only black person or the only black woman in the room, I'd be like, I and I I don't like being treated like I'm special because the only reason why is because you've not met all the others. You've Mm -hmm. not met all the other women. You've not met all the other black women. You've not met all the other. People of color, indigenous people. And if, and and I guess for me as well, what fundamentally it comes down to, do we believe that every tribe and tongue is made in the image of God or not? Right. Because, because if they are, of course there's gifting there. Yeah. Yep. If we truly believe that we're made in the image of God, then, then it's not about the women aren't there or the black people aren't there or the Asian women aren't there or the Latina yeah. women aren't there. It's that we ain't looked right. We haven't right. looked properly. We haven't done our. We haven't done our work to make. We have not excavated. We have not, frankly, asked or tried or right. built pipelines that are accessible to those people. We've normalized one way of doing things and, anti- and said, "Well, surely if it's possible, they'll come through." And it's like, no, it, that's not how this works.
1: Yeah,
2: um, it's not how it works. And so I think that has been. Those things have been my heartbeat. And in practice, what that has meant has has been when I've been in these environments, I've asked, like, where, where. <laughs> where where are they (laughs) because i know it i know it's true i know it's real and i and you know i worked with some wonderful church teams who are like okay joe we've got to do something and i i would often be the first woman speaker in their churches and all that kind of stuff which was Mm. lovely but it became again it wasn't that i was the only gifted person in their in their environments and so sometimes you need these catalysts and i i'm reminded of who is it marion wright edelman has, has um who's um part of the children's defense fund we would say you can't it's say you can't be what you can't see and so many people oh. couldn't yeah. you know if you don't see it can you be it yeah if you don't see yeah. what um if you don't see that it's possible if you don't see that it's real um, and we actually have to start normalising that so part of the wanting to encourage people and to celebrate people is because we need to hear and be told that it's possible right. we need to hear and be, we need to be reminded of Deborah and Priscilla and Lydia and mm. Huldah and all these other people that are never preached on who right. were living on living kingdom realities we need to see multiple personalities types and multiple styles and gifts. Giftings expressed, And because uh, I think some of the reasons why there can be some real challenges for women rising in leadership is that they see the kinds of women who have made, for want of a desperate want of a better phrase, made it and think, well, if I'm going to use my gifts, I have to be like that. So they start mold wearing somebody else's armor
1: yeah
2: Um, and molding themselves in somebody else's thing and it becomes this game of musical chairs where there's one seat at the table or two Mm -hmm. and and there there are 30 40 50 very gifted very anointed women who are all called who've all got bills to pay who are all who've all kind of done their work who are running around for these two chairs well of course that woman's going to be a threat because there's only two chairs exactly there's only two chairs and i and so i think it's for me, I feel like, like if we have opportunities, it is inco- it's important for us to keep to be culture creators and and env- that are create environments where other people get to thrive. Mm-hmm. That other people get heard. That we make introductions. That we recommend people. That we mentor people. That we um, and not just so that they can make us look good, so that they can go further on. than us yes. and yes. go to where they are. Do, do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. um, that we can multiply. We can multiply ourselves or just see them multiplied, uh-huh. you know, um, and, and multiply their influence. I, I think all of those things are really important. And, and, I, and, so, and, and if I can be so bold to say this, I think some of the worst experiences I've had in ministry, both sides of the pond, have come out of people who are or situations where someone was threatened and would yep. do anything to make sure that they could hold on to what they had, even yep. if it took another person out.
1: Yes. Yeah. Same. They don't mind the collateral damage. (laughs) They don't mind the collateral
2: damage. No.
1: And I love that. Like the, that's to me sounds like equity, you know, it's like, I I think very often, you know, um, Community Development Association really drills in on this idea that, like, we shouldn't even be inviting people to to a table that's already set. But we sit together at the table and we decide, what is this table? What are we going to build together? What does this look like? And so it is one thing to extend an invitation to people. But what I hear in that, like, I know I've been invited to many tables where I actually wasn't really welcome. My input wasn't welcome. My voice wasn't welcome. It was like, come, please be a robot or be like this one person. Yeah. <laughs> at this table. And that's how you can stay and that's how you can fit in. And so I think it's really powerful to think about, you know, what does this look like for us to allow people to flourish and to mm-hmm. be the women who, you know, help other people see women across the spectrum? Like, what does Absolutely. it look like to do that? And you are a champion. You do that for women. And it is really powerful to see it. Like, what a generous spirit you have <laughs> to be able to do that and to not be threatened by other women. That's yeah.
2: certainly I- something we see in you. And I gotta say, it? it's not. I can't say that I've never not been threatened. It's just that we can't let that emotion stay. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and totally. And I, we've got. I think. I think it's not that I don't ever get insecure. It's not that I don't ever think, oh, am I going to miss an opportunity? Right. But I, I've got to stand and say, okay, before God, that is. There is a scarcity there. Yeah. And right. and I understand. And I'm not going to say there's no scarcity. There is. There is scarcity in the world in which I in the in the context in which I serve. When yes. when it's not equitable, there is scarcity. Right. It's created scarcity. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I live with the, and we all live with the consequences of a created scarcity and yeah. an inequ, in an inequitable context, for sure. But I can't become that. I can't become those things. Yeah. I, c- I can't be defined by those things. And so at some point, I have to give those feelings over to the Lord and, and deliberately choose to act in the opposite spirit.
1: Yes.
2: And, yeah. and so some of this for me is I'm choosing to act in the opposite spirit as a lifestyle. Yeah, um, I and does it mean I'll take I'll get taken advantage of? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that um, I won't get every opportunity? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, does, does it? But but I what I can't do is sign up to an an environment which I know crushes people. So why am I okay right. with it crushing people if it doesn't crush me? Yeah. Pew. Do you know what I mean? Do you yeah. I mean? I can't. I, I I have to. And and I've tried from different ways. You try and do something on the inside. You try. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't I yeah. I just know that I have to work in the opposite spirit from from that vibe. And and that tends to be a healthy practice to deal with the insecurity that will come.
1: Yes. Yes yeah. and amen. That's so powerful. Thank you, Joe. One thing
0: I want to drill down on that I have picked up from Tea Time with Joe on Instagram mm-hmm. live. Y'all got to go watch it. You can yes. watch the replays. There's such a fun binge um sometimes you can watch three or four in a row and you're like wow this is i am oh, a wow. <laughs> um, but one of the things i've gathered and you've hinted at in our time this morning is the presence of power and capability doesn't always look like the majority. Yeah. So each woman, you know, I um, I was recently reading about, for example, AAPI women. They they make up a lot of middle management, but they're often mm-hmm. um, dismissed from higher level leadership, especially in law or tech, because they don't have the quote unquote appearance of power. Or capability, or believed that they could be leaders. Like truly, it's said mm. by all these Fortune 500 companies, we just don't believe Asian women can lead.
2: Oh gosh! And the oh idea gosh.
0: is because they they don't present their power, capability, and leadership capacity in the same way that these men do, and because by that fact alone, therefore they're not qualified. And so the idea that you are inviting us to examine not only women in scripture, women in history, and even our own lives, to mine our own brain and soul and spirit for our experiences to see how that we're qualified. And it doesn't have to look like the majority. I think that's something that is a message that we constantly need to hear because vision leaks, is that you don't have to look like everybody else. That is not how A plus B equals C for that person, but it doesn't have to be for you. Like you yeah. can present your power, capabilities, skills, gifts, whatever the Lord's given you in a way that's unique to you and it doesn't make it less just because you don't sound or ascribe to yeah. the dominant culture. And I think especially yeah. as a woman of color, and I, I'm, I, I'm sure you've experienced this as I have, we often are only seen as capable if we can contort ourselves to dominant yeah. culture. But being I- able to resist that while still having a great respect A great respect for the places that we occupy i think is the interesting tension to manage but i think for all women that's the interesting tension to manage of no my ability can look different than yours especially if it's men or even other women as we're talking about and still be valuable i will not believe that i'm less because it you know maybe i'm not as extroverted or not as performative in, in the same ways that other people are
2: i think that's huge and i and i and i would encourage for i mean i can i'm just going to say on the laws of probability this not this isn't anything prophetic but if there's a woman listening to this it's probably part of her story and when it comes to leadership i would encourage us if that's the place we inhabit to acknowledge the cost of it um because it can be lonely to get to that place right um i remember when i first started when i was preaching in my 20s and um a wonderful team all of the team were four women in leadership let, let me just say that and they were they were brothers in arms Do you know what i mean they were wonderful yeah. But I remember in our training sessions and our, our coaching sessions, when our senior leader would coach us and stuff. I, for a while, I was the only woman there, and then one one of my friends joined the group as well. But I and I was the only I was the only black woman in that group, and so they were. Reflecting on how they would communicate something, I've just thought this is not how I am. Do you know what I mean I am a Brit, but I'm Nigerian? I'm an, from an extroverted culture. This is an introverted culture. There are different ways. How am I going to do this? Because I, I feel like I am have to squeeze into something um, to to be good, mm-hmm. and um, and then I had to reckon with the with the idea of of actually, if I'm staying true to how God has wired me and he anoints this, he, it, do you know what I mean? It's his anointing that matters in this moment. It's his call, his, yeah. and again, again, not the disney version of call. Am I being obedient to what he asked me to do? Um, and, but I remember it being a really lonely journey. And, and you know, the group, of the team were very supportive and I was able to lead in the way that I was wired and the way God designed me. But I think it is a very... It's a very challenging reality. Do you know what I mean? On one level we could say, look, you're called, you're gifted, you're anointed, just go and do it. And you know, God honor it, and that's true. The But also, let's also be honest about the fact that you you might not get invited to places because of the way you are. Yes. And the reason why you, you may might t- get uninvited from places. Oh, it's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> several times. And that part. Or and and that's very difficult when you are wanting to pay your parents' bills. Or do you right. know what I mean? And you no, know, you don't want to assimilate and everything, but you are paying off grad school. Right. Right. And it's and and it's very hard to not want the benefits you see other people have
1: yeah. without
2: having to go through those jump through those loops yeah. and jump through those hoops and and all of that thing and and it's and it's like well Lord what what do I do with this? Right. And and so I think there's this ongoing, I wish it was a one-time thing for me. It was. A, I wish it was a one-time moment where it's like, I'm going to lead in the way that I came, uh, that God wired me to, I'm going to be accountable, I'm going to be in community, all of those things, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be how he created me to be. But honestly, it's something I've had to do again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. One, because I, I crossed a pond and then all the rules were different. Uh, right. I, I, was in a, I was in a different church, different churches, all the rules were different. Um, different events, all the rules were different. And uh, and I and it's not that I had to, it's not that I had to change for each thing, but I was tempted to, uh, and I was tempted to not for the popularity, but for the bills. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, girl. Just Come for on, the bills. totally, <laughs> totally. Um,
1: and it happens across all sectors. Like we're we've, right, we're talking right. a lot about faith, but gosh, I remember being in corporate America and yeah. like all, if I was the only woman in the room being asked to take the notes. And it's yeah. like, I'm sorry, wait a minute. Sorry, what what? Is, ha- aren't there plenty of capable people at this table who have a position that is similar to mine or, or less than the position that I have that could take some notes? And not yeah. that it's about pis- position, but I'm making that point to say that yeah. it trains you to then rank everybody in the room and figure out who totally. you're better than and who you're worse than. And so whether you're in corporate America America or in Mm. faith spaces, it's like, we are so prone to this ranking system. And I know that happens in England, too. It's more with class. Mm. But here we do it, too. We do it with class. We do it with race. We do it with gender. We do it with appearance, like, you know, somebody's weight. Like, we have this way of Mm -hmm. ranking people and deciding who's best and who's worst. And where do we fit along that spectrum? And are we going to be okay to leave ourselves there? And it creates all these things, this competitive sort of energy, but not the good kind, like the competitive energy that's like I have to beat you in order to thrive yeah and to I survive exactly yeah. to your I point to- Joe, you got to pay bills you got to do all these yeah. different things you need promotions you need this that or the other and so I just you know I feel like we've come so far but we also have so far to go <laughs> in learning how yeah. to undo that damage of ranking people in our brains and in our minds and totally learning how to love each other appropriately and to encourage each other appropriately and it's mm. hard stuff
2: it, I mean, and it's, it's work to be done because it's ranking right. ourselves and, yeah. and, and working right. out, you know, in these contexts and just since we are, since we are going through all of these things, even with age. Right. Like Ooh. huge. With yeah. Christian job. women in age. When yes. does a woman age, when does a woman age out of being influential? When, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when, yeah, when right. does she get to age in? When does she yep. get to age in? And then when is she aged out? And, yep. and what do you do? Because do you have to do things to stay relevant? Right and what do you have to change to stay relevant i mean they mm-hmm. they and i'm i'm not wanting to mock all of these things i'm just saying let At if all, as we yeah. wrestle with the call we have to bring these things before god yeah. and work out what how our responses are because if we don't pay attention then we may drift into behaviors that we're not necessarily fans of because right. we think that's that's the way it is or that's the way we are and, and yeah
1: so good I
0: think going back to what you said about the rules of engagement especially when you move to the stage and you're like wait I'm still in a faith context or I'm still in a you know context that you're familiar with but all the rules have changed yeah. and I think in just to prove Ashley's point I think you walk into work and you're thinking okay this is the ethos on paper mm-hmm. but what's actually in practice in yeah. this space so yeah. I think whoever you are wherever you go you, you know that you've had to learn how do people act around here what's acceptable what's not acceptable what's praised what's dismissed what's yeah. demonized yep. and mm-hmm. finding out how you can stay afloat and like you said, I don't think – I think enough of us are growing. of course we want to be liked. And everybody wants to be liked. Let's not yeah. lie to ourselves. But we we just want to keep our jobs, <laughs> you know. We gotta, yeah. we want to be able to buy our groceries and function in the world and feel like we're making our way. So it just, it's just so important to keep those things at the forefront. I mean, the nuggets in this episode, I cannot even. Like, oh, yep, I'm going to put this little gem into mm-hmm. this little spot and this little gem into this little spot. And I know our – Thousands and thousands of listeners are feeling the same. So any last words, just words of encouragement
2: um, to our, our beautiful tribe? Um, Where would I even begin? I think I, oh, I, go, I go between different spaces on this one. I think that for some of us, I would remind us that we have one life. Um, and. Yeah and because we have and it's true for us all obviously but i would say because we have this one life because we have this one call this one opportunity this one moment don't try living somebody else's
1: yeah
2: you know um and and but in that if there are scars because i don't want to i think in these moments i'm tempted and i'm I'm getting nervous that i that it comes across as too simplistic because none of us sign none of us want to put ourselves in emotional chains None of Mm. us want to be defined by competition and comparison in in a way that is toxic and poisons our relationships. None of us want these things. And some of us have been confessing these things and trying to be better people for years now. Um, but I will say to, I I will say to us that we were designed to be free. And yeah. so if you are captured, if you find yourself an impasse again and again with certain things, you need to take a closer look about what's, what's holding you captive. Are you held by the acceptance of others? Are you held by wanting someone to recognize you? Because you still have agents in these moments. And in this one life, it's not worth wasting it mm, on right. trying to accept people who will only tolerate your gifts and abilities and will never celebrate them. Come and on. sometimes you have to own that. So you, just have to name it and say you know what god bless you in your in in where you're at but i know i can't thrive in this yeah and so i have to find other ways um rather than i've, I've seen people want to change like in church, in faith bases i've seen people want to change people's minds on how they view women leaders and just burn themselves out and end up bitter yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> yes burn themselves out and end up bitter because that person was never going to change because that was the expressed values they all always had
1: yeah, Joe, it's so good. Thank you. And you guys, we want to tell you that Joe has something called the Azer Collective. And it is powerful and life-giving. And Joe, will you tell everybody a little bit about that? Because we have a special gift today for our listeners. And you guys, if you have loved Joe, she is a well of wisdom. We want you to mm-hmm. sign up for her newsletter. Follow her on social media. She, I'm telling you, everything she posts is gold on all oh. <laughs> social media platforms. She will bless your life. So tell us about the Azer Collective, Joe, and how people can get involved and get close to the work that you're doing.
2: Yeah. The Acer Collective came out of, um, again, out of a lot of the conversation you and I are having that we're all having mm-hmm. right now of wanting to find spaces where women could unapologetically be who they were as leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm recognizing that women need mentors, that they need sponsors, that they need encouragement, that they need access, they need development. And, and, for, and in, in faith spaces, going to these events, hoping to find someone in amongst hundreds of women and never finding it. <laughs> I'm not providing anything. And so I wanted to set aside a space um, because even in, one thing I've noticed is even in in environments where they are celebrated, where women in in leadership is celebrated, I've still seen women edit themselves. I've still seen Mm. them edit their dreams, their ideas, their voices, just in case, because, you know, we've all had the scars. And so... um, and so, what I, what the Azer Collective is is these curative intent curated intensives, two three days, um, where women who are leaders they're they're all Christians. Range, of, I mean, I don't ask what denominations and that because I've never been bothered, but um about that. Um, but they are some are in business, some are senior pastors, some are in various ministries, some are entrepreneurs, some creatives. They get together for two days, and it's a time of inspiration, it's a time of training, it's a t- but mainly investment and networking where they get to unapologetically network without it feeling like you're stealing your soul or stealing somebody else's. Yeah. Um and and be able to connect so that they're not the only woman in the room, you know? And the, f- the first thing every time I do an Asa collective is just get women to all introduce themselves. Rather than me just introduce myself, I get everybody to say who they are, where they're from and what they're leading so that they can see themselves in a room with 80 other leaders who are women just like they are. Mm. <sighs> um, and, and that in itself breaks a few chains. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um and, and so I just, and you know, it's been a crazy year and a half. <laughs> and we know that women have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic and women of color in particular, yeah. and black indigenous and women of color have been, disproportionately impacted. And I thought, man, and, and you know, all three of us have had things stripped back in, right. <laughs> just to put it nicely, yeah. stripped yeah, back as a result. Right. Our careers have been pruned in ways we weren't gonna, we didn't plan for, Right. Um, Ooh, we all, do you know what I mean? We're yep. launching books in a way, in a vacuum, yes. uh, uh, do you know what I mean? All of that kind of stuff. And and I, so I've, I, the one thing that felt clear, I just thought, man, it's important to gather women leaders again and just give them time to hear each other's voices, to be a brain trust for one another, to encourage one another and, and the trainings in the room of all these skills, skilled leaders to help each other go forward. So yeah, that's what it is. And we do two of them, um, in, um, in Minneapolis. Amazing. Joe, thank you so much. You guys, you need to sign
1: up and get connected with the work that Joe is doing. And Joe, seriously, we are, as we said before we started this episode, the presidents of your fan club. We love you. (laughs) We appreciate your support and your encouragement in our lives. And you are a blessing everywhere you go. And we are honored to have you on our episode today. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Why, though.
2: Thank you so much. So fun to be with you. We'll see you Mm -hmm. guys next week. See you then. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.